Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Free Devs and the Maybe. We have a very, very special podcast this week because one of our founding members is back home in One Piece and alive, Mr. Fraser Hart. How are you doing? Woo. Hello, I'm very well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, the other boring guest, not guest, just co-host is Ed Mann. What's up? What's up? like it. And, and a very special friend of the show. I will say special friend of the show. He doesn't listen to the show, but uh, we love him nonetheless. Do. <laughs> I listened to it. I listened to it all afternoon today. Did you? No did. lie. I did. You tweeted about it today as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, loving it. I'm so. loving it. Oh wow! I'll check that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Justin Delusia. Uh, needs no introduction, mm. but I'll give him one anyway. Uh, he's uh, yeah, a, a designer that we all used to work with, and Fraser still works with, and uh, uh, also has his uh, does his own work on the side as well. I think this this podcast is going to be very informal we're just hopefully going to uh, answer a lot of the questions that we've had in over the last few weeks so i'm going to tackle those and i believe quite a few of them are design based which is why we've got justin on the show as well as wanting to hear from him so uh awesome. we'll do that in a bit but um yeah fraser as many people will know if you listen to the podcast fraser has been on a bit of a mad adventure uh which... we actually got a tweet today didn't we ask him where is fraser did we? Yeah. I know that, I think that's the first, the first time any of the fans have actually interacted with, say, fans, the listeners. Um, that was such I, a big edit. The millions and millions. Yeah. <laughs> the screaming fans. Where's that hot one? <laughs> <laughs> with a big nose. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, should I just head over to you, Fraser? Do you want to, uh, tell us what happened? Uh, yeah. Basically, for, for people that, that have listened before, you've maybe heard me mention about this little kind of, expedition that i'd been planning for for the last 18 months which was supposed to be a a, a rowing race from monterey and california to honolulu and hawaii um we were supposed to be at sea for f- somewhere in the region about 40 odd days and we made it about three days before we had to get picked up by a helicopter out of the middle of one well, i was gonna say out of the middle of the pacific off the coast of california um yeah basically our, our boat started taking on water um and then yeah the situation got worse and worse and worse until it kind of got to a point where the boat was pretty much under the water and we were physically to, to row it away. So yeah, we had to, we had to get off the boat and initially we were going to get taken off by, by a support yacht. Um, but the, the weather conditions were so bad. So we, they had to get the coast guard in to take us off in a helicopter at three o'clock in the morning. So Very scary, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, yeah. It wasn't actually scary. No, like it's, oh, it's probably going to sound really big, but yeah, we yeah, weren't scared at all. No, like, yeah, no, it was fine because it was, no, it was like a, it was a really kind of gradual process from, from the start. Like we started taking on water like halfway through the second day. Um, or we noticed that we were taking on water halfway through the second day. And then from that point on, it kind of, it got progressively worse and worse and worse. So it was kind of, it was, it was never, it was never, oh, everything's fine. Oh, everything's, everything's gone wrong. It was kind of like, yeah, it was, it was just a gradual progression. So we had water going into a couple of the hatches on or what was supposed to be watertight hatches on the deck, which housed our water maker, which is the thing that was going to turn seawater into fresh drinking water. Um, and then that was on the second day that we noticed that. And then we kind of bailed that out. Uh, um, and then very quickly that filled up with water again. Um, and then in the weather conditions that we were having, it was like big seas and high winds and stuff. So we decided to, to kind of just put the parachute anchor out for for the night and then all kind of, get inside the cabin and, and kind of hide from the storm during the during the night and then kind of address the situation. Um, and when the morning came around, we'd taken a lot more water um, 
during the night we'd kind of said that we would come to the cabin as well all the all the the, the cabin was just like a a single a single level with cushions on top of it and all the cushions were sodden like sodden through um yeah we had a build pump so in the, in the morning we kind of we kind of regrouped and, and started addressing the situation a bit more and it was kind of yeah, okay we have got a lot of water coming into the boat so we were we were using our bilge pumps which were electric which were taking a lot of the water out but we'd bilge for for 10 15 minutes and five minutes later it'd be full of water again um so yeah, we had we had some some stuff that we could have done repairs with. We had putty and we had some sealant and what have you. So we used all of the all of the sealant and all the putty that we had to pitch up patch up the leaks that we could find. Um, and water was still coming in and still coming in. And because we'd been running, we were running off, off essentially two car batteries, which were getting regenerated by 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 the sun with solar panels. Um, so we burn out all our power. Um, so we were unable to 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 build anymore. Uh, water then got into the electrics, so the electrics went completely short anyway. So they were they were out no matter how much sunlight and how much power we had. Um, and then water just carried on coming in and coming in and coming in. Um, yeah, and kind of sort of early on in in the second day, we'd we'd radioed for for help for the the race support yacht. Basically saying, look, we've got a leak. We want to we want get we want to get some more sealant because we've used all our sealant up. So they dispatched a support yacht out to us, and that was there like eight hours later. Um, and by the time the support yacht had got to us. We were we were in a, a situation where we, it was too far gone to to seal anything up anyway. So we were saying, okay, well, can we have a tow back? Because we were, I think we were like eighty miles offshore at this time. So we kind of said to them, look, can we have a tow back to shore, um, and then we can kind of patch up for a couple of days on shore and then go out, and we won't be a part of the race anymore, but we can still get a Pacific crossing under a belt. Um, but the seas were too rough to to even attempt to. A, a tow at that stage and then yeah things got worse and worse and worse and yeah by the time we left the boat at four o'clock at three or four o'clock in the morning like the whole deck was under the water the the aft cabin was kind of was submerged and, and kind of thigh deep in water in the aft cabin um and the only thing that was that was kind of prominently above the water was the fore cabin which was still watertight so yeah we kind of left it like that and uh yeah and and here i am back in in the uk a couple of weeks earlier than i planned to be it sounds terrifying to me, but I suppose the adrenaline takes over, I guess, when you're in that situation. Just yeah, I know. think it was it was all very much in control because we had uh, when when so things. Cool about it. Like, like oh no, because yeah, yeah, like, yeah I don't want to see it. I don't want to sound big headed, but it was like it, it wasn't a scary thing at all. Like it was it, because as soon as we raised the alarm, we knew that the support yacht was on its way down, and then when the support yacht was there, it basically spent the whole time from from the time that the support yacht turned up, it was circling us until we'd been evacuated by the helicopter. So when it was only really kind of around the time the support yacht turned up that we we were in like kind of dire straits, but then with the support yacht there it was a, a nice big safety blanket. So even if even if the boat had kind of like fallen to the bottom of the sea and we had nothing to kind of even wade on, um, then yeah we would have we would have still been would have been alive and, and safe. And then like it, it was the seas were pretty rough and we we were unable to get on the support yacht as it as it turned out. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as we heard the, the Coast Guard was coming, then it was kind of like, yeah, you see a Coast Guard helicopter on the horizon and then, uh, yeah, and then stuff starts to get a little bit exciting. So were you, what was the overall feeling from like you and your mates? And was it just more disappointment or just, yeah, to be honest, devastation? Cause it was like, we've, we've been, we've been planning this for, for 18 months and it was kind of like everything that I've done for the last 18 months has been geared towards rowing from California to Hawaii and we get three days into it and then, the boat goes under the water and we have to yeah and we have to kind of quit this thing that we've we've kind of single like just been focusing on solidly like it's been a it's yeah. been a full-time job just getting to the start line so i'd go to work like i'd be getting up at six o'clock in the morning to go and train for it and then i'd go to work in the office and then come back from the office and I'd be straight on my computer at home kind of like tapping out emails and just doing admin for the row even just trying to get us to the start line 
and it just kind of feels like all that and then all, all the money that we've thrown at it as well because it's, it's not been a cheap thing for any of us um we've all yeah. taken on quite a considerable amount of debt to to get to the start line um and uh yeah just kind of to to realize that all of that was not not in vain because we had a like even even with with what happened it was a hugely hugely positive experience but to not get the goal that we've been kind of single-mindedly aiming for for the last 18 months is a bit of a kick in the balls to be honest yeah i can understand that man oh well it's good job you're safe though that's all that matters yeah, yeah no it's been good and it has been it has been positive like it's been a, it's been a good time it's not been the experience we set out for but are you yeah, planning like, on doing it in a couple of years maybe or uh we've we've definitely talked about it and it's something that i desperately want to do yeah. um the, the big kind of question is is the finance though if if we can find a way of doing it under some kind of sponsorship then 100 percent yes um but if it's something that we're going to have to self-fund again, then yeah, it's, it's a it's a harder question to answer because yeah, it, it's it's kind of crippling me financially. Um, so three devs and a maybe universe, <laughs> go for it, absolutely. Let's Send us some money. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's been good. Like it's been, it's not the experience we set out for, but we've had a bit of a dos like been been like off the back of it. Right, yeah. Rather so what did you get up to once you got back onto land then? Like. Other than the yeah. first couple of days, probably just thinking, wow, what has happened? Yeah, it kind of got recovered. And then me and, because uh, it was four of us on the boat, so two of us went to Vegas for a few days. Um, and the other two guys rented a van to do a surf trip down the California coast. Um, and then after Vegas, I went and met up with the guys in the van. Um, and then the other guy I went to Vegas with flew home. And then, yeah, kind of went down into Mexico for a few days up to, where do you go after that? Yeah, back up to California, spent a bit of time in San Diego. Went up to San Francisco to see a friend up there and then went into Yosemite uh, for a couple of days, did a bit of hiking, and then, uh, yeah, came back. Sweet. Well, that's that not awesome. too bad. Absolutely, yeah. And first day back in the office yesterday, so Justin got to see my face for the first time in, in a couple oh, of months. Wow. And I, yeah, that was a tough one. It was one. tears of joy. It's not just your face. <laughs> <laughs> His heart, too. Um, I, I, I hear there's a little story about your journey back and something about being dropped off and McDonald's and all that. I, I don't think I got that part. Oh, did you not? Okay. Uh, yeah. When we got picked up by the helicopter, um, they only had enough fuel for, for... There was four of us on the boat. They only had enough fuel to, to pick up three. Um, so I, I kind of put my hand up and said... Because I, I, I was in, in, a good, in a good way. So I kind of put my hand up and said, Look, I'm, I'm happy to stay behind. You three go. So they went up first in the helicopter. Uh, one of the guys was kind of like borderline hypothermic because he couldn't get into his survival suit because it got full of water. Um, so those three went up first and they got taken back to a town on the California coast called St. Louis Obispo. Um, and they got kind of dropped off at this, at this private airport. And like as soon as they landed, they were given like clean clothes and they were allowed to go and have a shower. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were like given food and kind of like here's a sofa to go and sleep on. So they were, they were all sorted. And then, yeah, like two hours later, the helicopter came back for me. I, I wasn't on the boat by myself. I was with the, the rescue diver. So me and him were sat on the boat for two hours, waiting for the boat to waiting for the helicopter to go back to land to drop those guys off, refuel, and then come back out for us. Good conversation. So Just like, hey, how, how's it going? Uh, that's the thing. It was like <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was really pissed off, obviously, because of everything that had happened. So I wasn't exactly in the uh, the best frame of mind to make small talk, but it was kind of like, so uh, how long have you been in the Coast Guard <laughs> for? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh me, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you do many rescues? <laughs> like, just whatever you can think to ask, ask in that situation. And then I kind of got bored of talking. So I was just like, kind of sat there in a bit of a huff for, uh, for about an hour of it. But, um, but yeah, so the, the helicopter comes back for me. And then rather than take me to this wonderful airport where I was going to get food and like fresh clothes and a shower and somewhere to sleep and stuff, like with the other guys, like the people that 
like I'd been on this thing with, I get taken to another town, which is like Monterey, which was where we'd actually set off from in the first place. Um, and that was about an hour and a half drive north of where the other guys had been dropped off. So it's like four, four thirty in the morning. By the time we get to, to Monterey, the helicopter lands on the thing. The pilot and the divers and everyone starts getting out of the helicopter. I just kind of follow suit and, and walk out. Like, bear in mind, I'm wearing like a bright orange survival suit with like, it's got like lobster claws on your hands and you've got like big boots on and stuff. So I kind of follow, follow them out and I'm like, so do I need to sign anything? And they're like, no, you're good to go. <laughs> so, so I'm like, uh, okay, it's like half four. Not sure where I am and I'm dressed up like a, um, so like, <laughs> I had, uh, I had a couple of bags and stuff. So I had, I had my grab bag, which had yeah, my what wallet. Did you, what were you able to keep? Like, did you were you able to grab as much as possible, or did you get everything? Yeah, I mean, we th- we'd thrown mu- most of the most of our possessions away before we did the the row the row anyway. Uh, and so I had, like wallets. I had like my camera equipment, and I had my phone and my wallet and passport and like a pair of swimming shorts and a t shirt. So I went into the toilets at the airport, kind of changed into a pair of shorts and shirt, and. uh and luckily at the airport that was going back into Monterey. So he's like, Oh, I'll give you a list if you want, which was great for me. He's like, Oh, where do you want to go? And I'm like, uh, not too sure. Like, I'll just, oh, just take me to the yacht club because the yacht club was where kind of race, race headquarters was. So I was like, I'll oh, just take me to the, take me to the yacht club and I can sit outside there until someone turns up at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning or wherever. Um, but as we were driving into, into Monterey, I saw a, like a 24 hour McDonald's. I was like, I'll go in there. There'll be Wi-Fi and, and stuff. So I can at least amuse myself. So <laughs> bear in mind, I left my, I'd left my shoes on the boat as well. So I had no shoes on. I had two bin bags. Like one had my survival suit in and the other had all like my possessions in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like kind of walk into McDonald's at half four in like half four, five o'clock in the and morning. You're probably like, the most sane person they've seen it like, Absolutely. But yeah. yeah. But like pair of shorts, t-shirt, like no shoes on and two bin bags. Oh, like dude. just looking <laughs> scrubby, stinking because I haven't had a shower or wash for three days because I've been on the boat. And, uh, yeah. Please so kind of like they sat- asked you what happened. No, not at all. Oh. Like, I went and I ordered, uh, I ordered a breakfast, which was, which was pretty cool. And then sat down, sent the, sent the race organizer a text message basically saying, Look, I'm in McDonald's. I'll see you at the yacht club when you get there. But he, he was luckily awake. He'd been coordinating everything with, with the, the rescue and keeping family and friends and stuff in, in, in touch and, and letting them know what was going on. So he, he was awake at that time. So he, luckily he came down and, and picked me up and gave me a lift and, and kind of, yeah, I was able to have a shower at his house and, and have a bit of a sleep. And then his wife drove me down to, down the coast to St. Louis to, to see the other guys and, and we went from there. And then found out how good they had it and you're just like, why oh, did I choose? So why brilliant. did I choose to go last? <laughs> yeah, I sent a message to them from McDonald's basically saying, I'll just let you know I'm back in Monterey because um, I'd, I'd been told by the pilot they were in St. Louis um, and I basically yeah, sent them a message saying, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back up in Monterey. Um, yeah, and <laughs> one of the messages I got back was, I don't want to tell you what's been happening because we've had it so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, they got like free, t- yeah. They were given like free T-shirts and, and just yeah, insane. But uh, yeah, so after that, uh, yeah, after then, then the rest of it all, all happened. So it was it, it was it was good fun. Oh, nice man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, what about just... you guys? What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say uh, for anyone who just tuned in, this is like your first ever episode of Three uh, Dozen. Maybe we do usually talk about web development, but uh, we haven't kind of spoken to each other for a while, so uh, unlucky. But um, yeah, Justin, our special <laughs> guest today, uh, has Hello. has recently found out he's going to be a dad. I say recently. When did you find out? Uh, quite a long time ago. <laughs> Seven ago. The baby's yeah. four years old now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fact, not mine. DNA test. <laughs> it's not long now to the due date. <laughs> <laughs> when is the due date? Uh, end of September. Well, I mean, 
Wow. They, they say G Day. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it will come then, but or, or D Day, but D Day yeah. exactly. Armageddon. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. How are you feeling about it all? Good. I'm I'm really excited actually. I'm I'm getting yeah. really excited. Yeah. Uh, it's a great feeling. We like the house is slowly filling up with very very scary things. Yeah. Like prams and nappies and all sorts. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you had no, your? It's good. Have you had your antenatal training yet? Or? Oh man. Oh, uh, we got that to come. I think. I think that's oh. up next. Yeah. Fraser, do you just want to log off, all right? And then Enjoy you can that, just man. do a po- podcast on antenatal for web developers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin this for you, but basically you can pick some really special. I'm thinking maybe Fraser or something. But basically yeah. you can give him, like, your baby's placenta to eat. It's like a real, wow. like, like a gift. Oh, yeah. Right. It's really, really what? good for you, apparently. It's, like, full of, like, vitamins and... Yeah, so it's really only mammals what? that don't eat baby placenta. I think it's like apparently it's like liver oh, or that man. same sort of texture and taste so, it's, uh, it's basically like the, the baby's survival pack it's yeah. what connects the baby it's, to the mum so amazing, every, everything right. goes through it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. we, we do this thing at work okay. uh, called, called Food Day Friday <laughs> where <laughs> we all choose a theme and then we bring in related food and share it I will come in just for that. That'd be amazing. So, Ed. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's been a good. busy week. Started a new job week. and yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's been busy up in London, traveling. Literally got home about 30 minutes ago. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear more about the new job. Like, Can you obviously tell us only what you can uh, so tell it's us? Right, it's like up in Old Street in London. Um, and very nice. Been, it is very nice. Yeah, um, very nice offices. Is that a full time job or is that, that a full time full time gig? Whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm back in the full time. Back game. in the rat race. I so, are you plan on moving up to London any time? Or? Uh, well, see, this is the trouble. I'm kind of like me and my mates are thinking about getting a place in Tunbridge. So, it's kind of like near the station, which wouldn't be yeah. too bad because it it's not too bad going like traveling up to Cannon Street and then I just walk from there. Yep. So the London Good stuff. Life, well done with that stuff. Yeah, definitely, man. How are you finding the adjustment back to full time? Um, it's weird. It's nice, uh, because like you've got people around again and it's nice, you know, and you get other people and their different experiences and how they do things and stuff. So, uh, has anyone got anything, uh, anything dev worthy, any hot picks that they wanted to, uh, to bring into the show today or just, sorry, just a quick question, Michael. Yeah, um, go for it. You've got some nice love hearts behind your head. What are they? Oh, I have, haven't I? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Uh, good catch. Uh, good catch. <laughs> that's, that's bunting. I'm in the baby room. I've lost my study. Oh. So, um, yeah, that's that's what they are. There you go. That's cute. Thanks, man. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've got, like, uh, three weeks left. Amazing. So, basically, baby could come from any time now, basically. So, Will you be uh, having a a booze session to wet the the baby's head? (laughs) I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, It's tradition, isn't it? Uh, is it? I think I it know, was about so. hundred years ago. Yeah, mate, mine had a yeah had a kid about a year ago, and he got drunk a couple of weeks after, and apparently it was because of wetting the the kid's head. So yeah, I don't know so that tradition. saying. That saying just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, it does sound a bit yeah. Sounds very wrong. Yeah, um, well, the sure, kid doesn't not? come. <laughs> uh, yeah, any uh, sorry, right back onto babies. Um, hot picks, anyone? I've got some I, pretty oh, ones. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah, 
So real, real quick, just cool things that I've been playing with and quite like. Um, new Favicon generator, which I tweeted, which I think you guys have probably seen any already, but I really like it because it's quite comprehensive and it's super simple, makes it really quick. Just um, uh, you chuck in an image at 260 by 260 and then it just exports like every version you could ever want. And it gives you even gives you a little bit of a code just to chuck in. Address for that is realfavicongenerator.net. That's quite fun. And then just been using, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have used uh, or looked at snazzymaps.com before. It's just quite a fun little um, site where people have done different skins for Google Maps. Oh, and wow. um, I found it quite useful in terms of design, just, you know, looking at different things you can do. Um, and I definitely think that this is a nice little, just one of those nice little finishing touches you can do instead of having oh, cool. just, this, yeah, really yeah, just cool. this standard Google Map deployment. Instead of doing that, just, you know, theme it a bit and um, bring it in line with brand colors and stuff. So I've only, <clears throat> I've only done it in like one, one or two designs so far, kind of, you know, suggesting that we do use this. The only other thing I think was something Fraser showed me, which you may have already flagged, which was um, zerp.com and the the um, the ink bootstrap for responsive HTML emails. Have you guys oh, talked yes. about that? Right, tell me more. Um, if you go to zerp.com forward slash ink, um, you can download like basically like a, a bootstrap for um, responsive HTML emails, and um, we actually crazy. we've used it in house, and we've also recommended it to clients who've got their own kind of, um, you know, HTML code monkeys in, um, in-house as well that they can use. And it's been really cool. And um, I think, Fraser, you were using like, um, you were using it to test as well, weren't you? No, I was using something called Putsmail to do the testing. Oh, Putsmail um, for the testing. Yeah, Putsmail right. is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, that's weird. Stefan was saying yesterday that that was down, actually. It's, yeah, it's really? kind of like you chuck in... Let's have a look. You chuck in your HTML for an HTML email and uh, and yeah, say where you want to send it to. So you can send it to a Gmail and a Hotmail and a, a Yahoo mail and an Outlook client and wherever you want to send it. And it, it's just a really nice, easy way of, of sending and testing emails. You think that emails, you know, it will be the same. But no, it's as bad as the browsers. <laughs> Quit, I love this. Quickly respon- uh, quick responsive HTML emails that work on any device and client, even Outlook. Even Outlook. Wow. I know. To be honest, I don't get a lot of issue with Outlook. I find Gmail's the the big pain in the ass for HTML emails. I agree. Outlook, I have issues with. I was just going to say when I realised my microphone's on mute, but uh, yeah, Outlook. You know when you you can either set obviously plain text or HTML email, and then you've got one that that will decipher whether the client can pick up HTML emails or not, and it can fall back to play. I find with Outlook that if you set it for that one, it just doesn't work. And in fact, I think quite a lot of other people because I see it on Stack Overflow. And I think it's something to do with like the um, like the virus software, right? I, there's a certain virus software package that just screws up your emails or something. But really? I don't know if you guys oh, had that problem thinking. before. Or just me, just you, yeah. Mm. Uh, have any others, or was that your your lot? That's my lot. That's my oh, contribution. Thank you very much. Um, contribution. I'll be my usual self, and I'm just going to uh, tout something that I've not actually used. Um, Why do you bring up hot picks if you don't have your own <laughs> hot picks? Because I looked at this the other day and I thought this is awesome, and I and then you never used that. it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but uh, if you're working uh, without a framework and you wanted to use uh, an ORM, uh, RedBeanPHP.com. Anyone use that? Um, no. I haven't actually. No, I mean I have heard, heard of, of it. it. There, there's a couple um, like Propel yeah. and Doctrine is another. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, basically, I, yeah, I saw all those, but Red Bean came like top of the list on like a Stack Overflow. I was, I was thinking, was this going to be one of those lists that you had the top, like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, basically, because we want to build like a, we want to build a wrapper um, around PDO, but we, you know, obviously thought, well, if there's something out there that's better, then we just use that instead. Uh, you know, no point uh, reinventing the wheel. So, uh, pretty much all I had to be, to be honest with you. Anyone else? Um, I have one. I don't know you. So I'm in the terminal quite a lot uh, on the Mac, and there's a new version of iTerm out. Now, right. I, am, I, I used to use iTerm quite a bit, and then I came off it and just started using the bog-standard Mac version. But then now, back at this, uh, working in this company, back into iTerm, Clipboard's amazing. Like You have preset configurations. It works with Tmux integration out of the box, which is quite cool. So you've got this parallel. It's like screen, but better. Um and yeah, I definitely recommend just use, just replace, literally just replace using terminal with this and you'll soon pick up like a couple of cool things. You're like, oh, cool. I'll use that, you know, and yeah, it's really good. Great, like dropping replacement, but just better. Awesome. Like Michael's on mute. Silent. Has he done so? He's <laughs> always on silent. Shocking. I did have one other thing that I was going to uh, mention, um, which isn't a plugin or anything, but, and you might never ever need it in your life, but, um, I had a bit of an issue today where I had like a, a what do you call it, a, a mutual recursive issue. And one of the ways it's I was What is a mutual recursive issue? Okay. So I see when I've got this right, but I think I have from like my uh, debugging today. Uh, basically, I had, uh, I think I told you before about this code base I'm working on where we've got a lot of dependency issues and, and I wanted to bring in some sort of dependency injection and clean it all up. But obviously, as you guys will know, refactoring on something like a huge code base can be a bit of a nightmare. But what, what, what uh, DIs did you look at? Um, well, the main one that I looked at, which I kind of uh, talked to you guys about the other week, was Pimple. And I did want to look at that. And but retrofitting into that, into our, our base, would have been a bit of a nightmare, I think. Probably people screaming out thinking, no, it would have been fine. But in the end, I decided, like you said, I just went for a simple kind of custom key value pair system just to say, look, has this class been instantiated? If it has, uh, you know, re- return the existing one. It hasn't then create a new instance of it and return that. So that's what I've just done my own custom one. And it, it worked really well, actually. It was going really well until I came up with this issue where I had this situation where basically you've got class A and you've got class B and class A in its constructor instantiated. And he's gone. It's class B. Yeah, I've lost and cl- <laughs> this episode. Um, actually, there was one, there was one cool thing actually I found uh, today. Uh, DigitalOcean, our good old Digital, they've got a London region now. London one. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, that's pretty cool. So now okay. we can actually have it just, yeah. So, they're literally taking over like the whole server kind of virtual space. It is, it is awesome. scary. And again, like I've, I've been using it now, what, probably since the beginning of the year. I think you've used it as well, Fraser. Um, yeah. I, I know yeah. uh, Lewis and Mickey is too. And like, Lewis is, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, $5 a month for like the easy <laughs> awesome. small instance. I haven't had any problems. You can upgrade it if you want. Um, yeah, yeah. Even for just side projects, even for you, I mean, your own personal stuff, it's just great. Like, yeah, just have that. And then, They've got great virtual images, uh, like images that you can image, you know, library, well, image library that you can use and stuff and you can import from. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. Um, I mean, there's other ones out there, Memset, uh, you know, like Rackspace, uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon, actually, they've got a new new kind of tier because they're trying to compete now with DigitalOcean. Can't remember what the name is, but they're doing like a whole credit system, which seems quite cool, but... It's nice to have competition in this space where you're going to get, really, we're going to benefit with having like the yep. cheapest thing out of there. So, no, absolutely, kind of cool. Yeah. 
Because yeah, we were talking about it in the office today as well. Like we've had an issue with one of the guys who's working on a project where he needs to do HTML to PDF conversion, and he's found this really good converter, but to get it installed on this on the dev servers that we've got it would mean kind of upgrading the servers and upgrading the php version and all this kind of stuff and obviously with 100 or 50 or however many dev sites we've got on those servers it's a bit kind of impractical just to willy-nilly say okay we'll update the server to to whatever it needs to be inevitably everything's going to break on that dev server so we were thinking well why don't we just chuck it on on digital ocean like we didn't do it but it was just yeah it was well, like a viable it. option i mean it's one of those crazy things isn't it where because i mean i don't know if you've had a look at because when we had taylor otwell on like you know we're talking about forge laravel forge okay and that kind of i mean the barrier to entry there is even better because what you do is you just have your digital instance i mean it was talking about this where freelance developers who do have just DigitalOcean instances per user because five dollars you know why not you know i mean yeah they're going to pay for it or you're going to pay for, you know, I mean, it's just great to have that kind of isolated instance. So what they do is they use um, Forge and then able to like kind of set up all these servers just like automatically pretty much quickly set them up, all have the same stuff, push the code yep. base live and then get away from it. And I think it's great. I think, you know, like that kind of, it's, it's always nice thinking you have this one box that then you can, you know, use the same versions for but like you say you're going to get this issue where some one day you're going to well you're going to work on a project and then a year later you're going to have another project but you're using the same version of php but you're too scared to change the version of php or maybe you don't have a compatibility you know you can't yeah. compatibly do it so having this idea of virtualizing you'll have in your own instances may seem like overkill but sometimes it's actually probably easier in the long run yeah and we have not got mickey still yeah, we have. Oh, we, oh, we have. have. Sorry about that, chaps. Don't it? Shall well, we? Yes. I tell you what. Shall Fine. we go into the Q and A? I think we yes. should. Is, is this the one from the emails that we've had? Yeah. So, okay. Really nicely from people. People have actually sent us emails, uh, and they've also commented on the blog uh, on our website. So, thank you. I so like it much. when people and do that. I know. So, yeah. yeah. Please, people, if you have questions, please, and we'll answer them on the show, or we'll answer them, you know, just as best we can, or hopefully other people like in the community can ask uh, answer them. So, our yeah. first one was actually from um, who was it from? It was from Sean, and Sean actually had a good one. He said, "I heard Chris on uh, Shop Talk speak about the web, uh, this website." It's really good for people starting to web design. And there's a link to this website. And I'll put it in the show notes. And I thought it was a really nice. It's kind of like, I mean, it's very similar to what um, kind of CSS Tricks was, you know, and is. But I thought it was a very nice. And it was nice for him to send it into us. You know, so it's got stuff like, you know, how, how keyframes work. And they're small chunk sizes, like, you know, duration wise, uh, you know, so six minutes, you know, kind of thing. So I thought that was quite a cool thing. Just looking now. No. Oh, yeah. yeah oh wow yeah yeah so it's kind of like you know i mean it's a nice simple design and then it's nice sim- and i've looked through some and they're very nice like they're very simple kind of introductions but they kind of give you the the feel and idea like what well, well, the first one here is a bouncing ball but using just css and to be honest my css skills I, they the css is just in the last couple of years just gone in, in another direction it's just too crazy now probably should alert people to the fact that when you open up that site a video, video on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free promotion yeah. performance. But yeah, that is a nice site. Very nice. Yep. Um, and so then he also writes, says, I'm a graphic designer from South Africa and I stumbled upon your awesome podcast. I have started learning web development, self-teaching, and I find your podcast very motivating and educational. I just have one question on PHP. My apologies if I do not have it all correct, but as MySQL is, getting, um, is starting to get replaced with MySQLi or PDO, what would be the best one to learn, PDO or MySQLi? And um, I know that Lou actually replied to him, but I thought it'd be quite a good question to talk about um, on the yeah. podcast because there is this transition. And, and I think 5.5, I'm sure 5.5, it's been removed or it's le- at least been deplicated. Um, let me have a look, see. But yeah, so 
my personal opinion i mean so, so the, the difference between the two are so my sequel um the driver itself uh the reason why um it's been deprecated really was because it wasn't the best way uh it would yeah so this is it so the original my sequel extension is now deprecated and we gen- generate e-deprecate errors when connecting to the database and then obviously this is insane. Instead, use P- MySQLi or the PDO MySQL extension. Um, so I think kind of what you can do, MySQL, yes, yeah, so the MySQL extension was removed because people, it's not that it was bad. It's the fact that people were using it in the wrong way. Uh, it promoted kind of bad habits of not escaping strings. Um, and I think there was a couple of areas with, uh, like the escape string, real escape string, or the normal escape string. One of them with Unicode. Yeah, because it was the escape string, wasn't it? And then they had to replace it with the real, real escape, escape string, string because and they didn't do it right the first time or, or something it. on and those lines yet. So what, uh, you've got the MySQL I and MySQL I, there's added, it's added a couple of other things. You can do batch. I think you can do batch MySQL, uh, batch queries now, which is quite cool in there, but it's really kind of like a like for like, in my opinion. Uh, PDO is where you want to go. Uh, it's PHP document, uh, database objects, I think it stands for. And in essence, what it is, is it allows you to, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, PHP data objects, it's called. And it allows you and essentially to use the same kind of interface, but with different drivers in quotes, where you've got like Postgres, MySQL and stuff like that. Um, so it'll give you that flexibility of maybe one day to be able to replace it using something else. But PDO is great for that. It also has sanitization. And honestly, I think PDO with the amount of drivers now I'm looking at the drivers it's got for it, it will stop you then having to learn another you know, set of functions or something. And it's all OO based. I think it's the best way to go. So with that question, I definitely would recommend you uh, t- choosing PDO over MySQLi if you can. What about yeah, your I, guys' thoughts? Yeah, I, I would go along with that. And uh, I guess I, I started using PDO a while ago and for no other reason really than it, it seemed to be the one that the majority was going with. And, you know, if although it doesn't sound like it's always the best answer, but I will j- tend to go where the crowd is going. And, uh, I mean, and, and like you say, I mean, it's pretty easy to pick up. It's a bit foreign, like if, uh, if you haven't used it before, if you're not familiar with OO, but, um, it's pretty simple. The only thing I would point out is obviously just because you're PDO using PDO doesn't mean your queries are instantly safe. That is a very uh, good point. Y- you still need to bind your parameters yeah, in the prepare right way. Prepare your statements. Yeah. Prepare your statements. Just prepare. Yeah, because you can just yeah. feed them in and kind of continue. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah, exactly. it's, still, it's, still yeah. it's still dangerous, yeah, but yeah. It's, an and I've seen that done, yeah. actually. I've seen people doing that. And, so, people do, uh, and, and that's yeah. a very good point, because, yeah, you would think, oh, it's, it's doing it itself. And I think that's the kind of problem, because while we're dealing with, like, RRMs and stuff, they kind of hide all that for us, which is really great. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to start using, because I found over the last couple of years, RRMs are great. But also using raw SQL sometimes actually gets the you know what the point across better than this massive generated yeah. kind of RM thing, and you yeah. do have to remember that yes, you have to bind your parameters and yeah, that's. I it. think the the first thing your pre experience is obviously when you're using kind of MySQL MySQL functions, you're, you're used to getting pretty descriptive error messages back or as good as you're going to get, but with PDO it's a little bit more tricky and, and certain things you'll you'll get thrown exceptions so don't. Be careful with that. Certainly when you're creating your connection, if you get that wrong, you're going to get an exception coming back at you. Um, so yeah, and I think you've got some nice methods there. Like you've got, uh, is it error info, camel case, yeah. nice method to bring, but you'll find a lot of stuff. You're just going to get numbers saying you've got this error, zero, zero, one, zero or whatever. And you're, we're just but, a Google. Do a Google. Yeah, Google and it, everyone's going to be like, what is this error? Yeah. But I go with Ed. Yeah. PDO all the way. And you, uh, Fraser? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, just the same reasons, Michael. I started using that just because it was the way the crowds were going, and I knew it was kind of bad practice using the standard, the standard MySQL. Um, yeah, follow the crowds, and yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. I mean, yeah, exactly. If it's if it's the thing to Not do, a lot now, to say. Yeah. To do. Uh, so yeah, that's a great one. question, though. That's yeah, absolutely. Right thank there. you a lot, Sean. Uh, so the next one's from Robert. And he says, hi, my name's Robert. I'm 24 years old and I'm a big fan of your podcast. In fact, I've listened to all of them and some more than twice. Don't judge me. I'm not going to judge you. That's awesome. <laughs> we salute that. Anyway, I I'm contacting you guys because I need help with some advice. I am based in Luton. I've been developing with PHP and MySQL for about a year and I want to take it further by finding a full-time job. But I don't know where to start as I don't have a portfolio as I struggle to find freelance work or even the confidence. But I'm good enough. I practice every day, read a lot of blogs, and listen to your podcast. Do you guys have any advice you can pass me to land that first job? I don't mind about the pay at the moment, as I love writing and learning code. Thanks. And I think that actually, for both developers and designers, I think that's a great question to kind of yeah. pitch. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a shame that this isn't here for, for to answer this. He did a podcast separately on, on this very thing, didn't he? Basically, when he wanted to get into web development, he didn't have a portfolio, and he didn't have. He's kind of self-taught himself up to up to a certain level, and essentially just took a punt and he started firing out applications and applications and applications, and eventually, fair enough, he got a load of rejects, a load of rejections back, but he got an interview and subsequently got a job, and that was his first thing on the ladder. And it's, I think that's what you need to do. You're absolutely doing the right thing. You've obviously got a passion for it because you're listening to podcasts and you're self teaching yourself. Self teaching yourself. You're teaching yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I, I, I honestly say I've said this with a few people before as well. Like, if you've got the the motivation to start firing out application after application after application, apply for absolutely anything you can get your hands on because there's there are a shortage of web developers out there. And there are a number of companies yeah. that I, I work for one that, that are more than happy to to take CVs from anyone and have a look. And, and, and if you can prove that you're willing to learn and you're hardworking, then that by far overrides any kind of a portfolio. If you want to get your first your foot in the door and get your first rung on the ladder, so yeah, just start firing out applications, and eventually something will come in, and yeah, you'll you'll get something. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I'd say just um, with regard to you mentioned confidence and sometimes having a lack of it. Um, I'd definitely say you know people employers will often employ you because of who you are and because they know that you'll work well with the team, um, not necessarily because of you've got all the skills and you walk through the door. So um, I think that's something to bear in mind. Like you know you don't have to be able to answer every question or do the test perfectly or something like that. And I think, like Fraser said, the fact that you're, um, you know, listening to the podcast and doing all that stuff is really commendable um, and shows how how keen you are. But the other thing to remember is, and I think a lot of us can relate to this experience, like um, you only need to get that first step on the ladder once. Like it's a horrible time. Yeah. To, it can be a horrible time and a horrible step to take. But once you've done it, like you've done it, you never have to do it again. And you've got that kind of, base bit of experience that base bit of skills and then you can just build and build on it um and it's it's one of those things you know um I don't know, that, that's my two pennies no i think that's great man i think they were two brilliant answers and i i mean i've already told my life story to you uh to you guys before on the podcast so i'm not gonna go for it again but you know i wouldn't sugarcoat it like if you're if you're a junior and you're gonna get your first job it's gonna be hard but you're if you're the same as me, you'll find that you might have spent two, three years learning it in your spare time. And I promise you, you'll probably learn more in your first week in a commercial position than you did in those three years because you'll be working around people who do this day in, day out. 
And and most of those people you work with are going to be happy to give up their spare time and help you learn stuff. So just go for it. And like I say, I don't know, obviously, your financial situation, but I like when I got into it, I took a huge pay cut. But you know what? I was poor and loving what I did as opposed to being okay financially and, and hating my life. So no, that's do a great it. thing, man. Absolutely. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah. I suppose that that yeah. I suppose that leads on, you know, from that kind of determined, you know, to get the job, kind of what he can do to help him get that job. You know, like I always think yeah. like work can make you different and stuff. And and the passion is there. I can in the email you can you know, the fact that he sent us an email and stuff. And I think staying up to date with all the stuff, looking on Hacker News, Reddit, you know, PHP, looking at the new versions of what's going on in PHP, what's going on in MySQL, what's going on just in the whole web game and stuff, because you know that allows you then in the interview setting to talk about this stuff you know so they know that you know the latest thing you know you're not just reading it from a book that's been stale for 10 years you've really keeping you know up to date and stuff you know the names of you know people and stuff that you know like oh you know have you spoke you know read that new article from blah 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 or something um and you know you because he mentions you know uh freelance you know he's been around freelance work or he struggles by freelance work and all to, to build up his portfolio i would honestly say don't worry about actually having a client be your own client mm. say i want to build this you know and yeah. using github uh you know just set, setting up a simple you know i mean if you can set up a digital ocean instance you know play around with that and stuff that's another great thing and putting it out online and just seeing how it goes and stuff because no code's perfect but they uh, i know that um employers would love to see a github repo with a yeah. lot of activity that you've done um whether it's on your own or with friends, but, you know, even if it's on your own, just you, you know, being able to see the commits and stuff, because they're able then to see your kind of the way you work. Um, it's quite interesting because obviously with Git, you can then work out and you can see the history of how that you've changed it and stuff. So, you know, really your code will then speak for itself in a sense. You'll be able, you know, you won't have, because I think today, it, I'm sure I, I have to talk to you, Justin, about this with the design stage. You know, they can't see yeah. uh, anything through just a CV. It's like, you know, not really, you know, they need to, I mean, yeah. definitely with design, you need to see something. It's like, that's Absolutely. really the selling point. And I think that's kind of what is so great about this industry is the barrier to entry is low enough yeah. that you, as long as you, if you want to do it, you can do it. And that's awesome. And um, I, I say, you know, put releasing code um, and blogging, uh, yeah. just blog, 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 because that's again, something they know you're interested in it. They know that you care. Um, and it's something that they can read and understand before they, even for the first first interview with you, uh, they'll get yeah. this picture of who you are. And I think that really definitely would help. I think also, like, yeah. don't wait for uh, the jobs to come up. Uh, just email companies because oh, yeah. the absolutely. Day, and, and say, and this is it when you have your own website where you'll be doing stuff. Look, here's my yeah. GitHub profile. Here's my Twitter account. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. And on your Twitter account, you know, I'm sure if you're yeah. talking with friends or something, you know. You know, like all oh, about the latest kind of you know news articles or new PHP yeah. stuff, and they'll yeah, absolutely be per potentially. Yeah, uh, you're going to save that company what five grand recruitment costs. So they're going to love you for yeah. that. Yeah, hey, that's a good and point. We've got one guy at our place who literally wrote and said, "Look, I work a month for free." He was that that determined to get into the industry. Okay, we didn't do that because that'd be slavery. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you put the coat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what a great attitude, you know that's he's not going to be interested in that guy who's that determined. So yeah, that'd be my absolutely. tip anyway. Yeah. I, I just one other thing I'd add to that, which kind of follows on from what Ed was saying is um, it's, it's when you're sitting on the other side of the fence, when you're maybe you're looking to get into the industry, but you're not there yet. 
if you you immediately naturally think everyone's better than you um yeah. and the reality is that i mean some of the people that turn up for interviews for these jobs it's just incredible do you know what i mean they've got no no portfolio no skills and no idea at all um and yet they're still getting in front of people for interviews so just turning up with anything i think employers like are grateful that you've made an effort like whatever yeah. you bring to the table and say this is what i've got to show you i think they're grateful for that because yeah. not everyone actually brings that to the table to be honest yeah you know just it, however crap you think it is just just go out there and start like ed said just build some stuff online you know get a blog do do the stuff on git and but just build a few things you know if you need to maybe see if you can make friends with a designer or something you can put a bit of front end on it and just have anything to bring to bring to the table and i think it would go down you know you go down well absolutely and it's funny because with with stuff that's crap actually that's the best thing because what i would do then is i would actually uh you know blog about that why i why i wrote it this way and then why i changed it and that shows progression you know because again you know people mm. i mean if someone if anyone of us either designer or developer thinks that something they they worked on you know a year ago they're like oh there's something i wouldn't want to tweak on that or something you know like there's bits you know that you kind of can see where you know that uh, in hindsight you would have wanted to change you know i think that's that's kind of the thing and and again with blogs and stuff you're able to express yourself in that way and really blogging it doesn't have to be like a fine art it really is kind of just a mind dump you can kind yeah. of just dump up what you think and you know people will you know read it and at least they can at least and i find with uh, blogging it allows you to remember stuff like you're like oh yeah i remember how to do that now and yeah so yeah definitely all those points everyone's made yeah. i definitely think those kind of definitely will help yeah, yeah. And keep, only... and keep listening to the podcast. Hey. <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> Absolutely. Friends. My only kind of like warning was going to be, and I've seen this again, is uh, people coming into interviews and saying they know this, that, and this, and actually they don't. And yeah, just don't, be, don't ever do that. Be yeah, honest. Be point. honest. Be deadly honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because exactly. that's the thing. Because again, as, as uh, you know, Justin, you're saying, you know, it's about the person as well. If you're going to lie in that first five minutes yeah. or so, how be honest yeah. how, how can the employee like employer you know really you know kind of take you seriously you know it's if you're honest about it i don't know that but i'll learn it and that's that's kind of my thing is like if i don't know something that I, in even in an interview i'm just like well i'm going to learn that when i get back then because yeah. that's just the way i am and yeah. you know that's the way kind of we are you know as like a profession it's that learning kind of wanting to just always learn 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 yeah yeah i agree so um i've got another question from tyler yeah, uh, and I'm still a bit w uh, wishy-washy on how to get front-end frameworks working with my back-end seamlessly. I don't know if that's a question that's big enough for a podcast, or uh, or if it, if you can do a podcast on JSON or something. But do you have any idea where I could look and get answers on that? And I actually thought that was quite an interesting one there, that first bit, because I'm um, the thing that uh, go, immediately comes to mind is uh, Phil Sturgeon's API book that he's releasing or he's released and i think he's updating enough and i'll put a show in the show notes because i definitely think that'd be a good read um and that talks about because building apis now as you say like because the front ends become so clever uh, a lot of the logic that we used to kind of 
constrict into just being the back end stuff has now been like, well, we can do that on the front end. And this front end really has changed into just kind of just this, you know, as you say, a JSON interface where, you know, JSON representation and you've got stuff like how do you version stuff, you know, because obviously, you know, your representation, you know, your formats, you have to deal with that, you know, having legacy versions. And, you know, it's great because the idea of maybe the service orientated architecture, you know, the idea that, you know, I have my JSON, you know, kind of web service, people deal with that. But then I have maybe a mobile application and a web application that both use that service, but they obviously use it in a different way and display the information in a different way. So I definitely recommend here's, and I also put a couple of other show notes, um, another couple of links, sorry, that I found um, online and stuff that I used when I was looking in this stuff, uh, because, you know, like the HTTP methods and stuff. Um, you know, because obviously, I suppose that's one thing, actually, is, you know, the, the, the difference, because obviously now you're not just dealing with the idea of just posting uh, forms and, you know, getting them back, uh, you know, with just get requests. You've got these old ideas of puts, deletes and stuff, which can get quite confusing. But I found that the Laravel documentation and there's a couple of Jeffrey Way things have found very simplified that to where you're at. Oh, sorry, that's not English. Have simplified it greatly uh, that allow you then to be able to kind of get, you know, through that barrier. And I'll put those in the show notes. Um, and any uh, any other thoughts that you lot can think of for uh, API, API design? I mean, it's one of those things that you have to schema out a lot and work out what you want to put on the back end and what you want in the front end. Um, yeah. And it's still kind of new de- early days with it all because of how clever the front end's getting to how yeah, dumb you yeah. want to make the back end. And uh, yeah, I, I was going to say exact same thing, really. That I'm I'm not really bought in to this whole idea but i think maybe that's because i'm not an, uh, enough an expert with just wait six months and mickey will just be a front end I'll, I'll be an event i know this will, yeah he'll be an evangelist happen, for yeah, mjs and all of them yeah I, I guess for me my biggest argument and people will correct me on this but is just the whole debugging side of things i just find the more i do on the back end the, the easier it is to manage but yeah. that's probably because I don't have the right tools and I don't have the know-how. I think, but I think the thing is, I think it makes it makes the back-end development so much easier because obviously then what mm. you're dealing with is really kind of these separate, you know, architecture services that then you can unit test easily, integrate tests with, you yeah. know, respond with yeah. just just dumping JSON really. Uh, yes. Then obviously it's the front end though because it's getting clever and now you need to unit test and framework that and that's where Mocha and all Jasmine and all these other frameworks sort of front end yeah. come in. Um, and I say, yeah, so it's, it's a learning curve for the front end and it's more kind of specifying exactly what we want from the back end, which I kind of like. I like the idea that, you know, the back end deals with just giving you the data. Yeah. It's how to you. I mean, it's the same thing as kind of what CSS is to, um, you know, HTML and stuff. You know, it's the idea that I'm going to give you HTML, which is the data, but your CSS is going to be the view, the presentation of what you want this to be. Uh, yeah. You know, view and it's almost like view and data shouldn't really be together. It's a separation of concerns, really, where the view should be yeah. kind of separate from the data because then you're able to reuse it quite a bit. Yeah. Obviously, with XML. I mean, I mention JSON all the time. XML, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Um, <laughs> anything else? Anyone else got any bits on that before I move on to his next bit? No. Um, all good. good. All good. Okay. <laughs> so then he's gone. Um, I'd really like you uh, to get your opinion on this issue. I know PHP to have wrangled an ancient build of Zencart, and I'm sure we all remember Zencart, and have to hmm. have coded some Drupal modules for clients in the past, but not enough of it is um, not enough of it to make my own minified CMS with my own design standards and break free of that bulky beast, which is something I definitely want to do, as I can't stand being shackled to something bulky in the cases when I only need part of a CMS like a cart or a blog. 
If you guys have any experience with developing a CMS, how big an, an endeavor is it? Your opinions on CMSs in general and various systems that are out there, the pros and cons of them, and if they're even needed at all, I'd love to listen in on an episode about that. Uh, and so, um, as someone who is not uh, great with the back end, I find myself relying on them far too much and accomplish basic actions. It would probably be far less work if I knew more about PHP and MySQL, and like I didn't have to, and I'd like if I didn't have to retheme an entire Drupal installation every time I need to make a store. Is it appropriate to use a CMS in that instance or not? And I think this is quite an interesting topic because it, it obviously kind of with Drupal, it then brings up Joomla, it then brings up WordPress, that then brings up making your own bespoke software. And I yeah. thought with all of us, it'd be quite cool to talk about. Um, so Mickey, would you like to start off okay. proceedings? So, what is your opinion? So the first thing, and again, we talk about this a lot in the podcast and it's this whole idea of how much you need to know under the hood how important is that? And I'm not going to go through that topic because we have kind of hammered it. But the other thing I would say is from personal experience, I did build my own CMS. And the only thing I would say is it depends on your personality. If you have quite an addictive personality and you've, you've got that kind of eye for detail and you love everything to be perfect, then it could become a bit of a nightmare for you because I, it took me about a year to build mine and I still hate it. So just be, <laughs> be aware of that. And, I definitely think it's an important learning curve to understand how to do it. But I think probably at the end of it, you'll probably think actually in the future, I'm going to use something else because so you day, don't have to deal with that code base. So you don't yeah, have to feel that pain. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I suppose a one question I was got you, did you, I mean, what was your, why did you make a CMS? And was it because of those reasons or was it because it was a kind of, I only need this niche kind of product and I want to learn myself or. Um, I think at the time, like, there was quite a lot of bespoke requirements from the client that I, I didn't think there was anything out there off the shelf that was going to fit what I needed. And also at the so time... You couldn't, you couldn't bend WordPress. And I suppose this is where yeah. it gets to the problem, isn't it? Where you can bend things certain yeah. ways to be like, oh, it can kind of do it. And Yeah, exactly. And I think in my mind, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do this in a week. And obviously, and I probably could. But, you know, then you start thinking, oh, actually, I hate that. I'll do that again. I'll do this. And that's what I mean when your personality comes into it. It's how so complex you want to get it, isn't it? As exactly. well, I think he was telling exactly. you know he was saying about that, and and we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. But so Justin, uh, the designer side would be quite interesting because obviously you don't. Yeah. I mean you. I mean obviously. I mean you care about the back end enough to you know for it to actually present the front end. But are you you know do you like the idea of bespoke or do you like the off the shelf kind of solution? So really, it's I think it's a great question. Um, and actually, funnily enough, it's, it ties in with what you were talking to Chris Jiri about the week, I think. He briefly touched on it as well, talking about bootstrap and, you know, whether that's a good thing, whether these things are out there for people, because it just, you know, it takes, it takes the, you know, effort out of it. You can just start, just chuck bootstrap in, you know, and then things are to look generic. But, um, I think, I think from my personal opinion, just based on what I've worked on my experience, I love, I love the flexibility, knowing that there's there's a potential for a bespoke system behind what I'm doing, um, and it just means there's more flexibility. You're not you don't feel like you're tied down because all you're tied down by is just going to the developer and going, "Can we do this?" And they go, "Yeah, I think so." Do you know what I mean? As opposed to can you thinking, work oh, that strict? Can you yeah, work yeah. yeah, or don't know about this plug into it? You know, I played around. With WordPress a bit and 
I just I just don't like it at all. Um, I know it's got its uses, but I, I really I really um, I like bespoke and um, I don't know. That's I that's kind of my designer. View. That does I mean that's probably the greatest thing for you, isn't it? Because then you are open to you haven't got the restrictions of say a WordPress looking at WordPress and being like this is what your theme pretty much we use reskin this theme or something into some other design, you know, because that's our fixed yeah. layout of what we can with bespoke. You get that kind of. You know, and I'm sure you can do it with WordPress, but again, I think it then moves into the whole idea. I mean, in your freelance stuff, do you use WordPress or have you used Joomla or any any other the or any of your own bespoke one, maybe? I mean, the only thing I've used is WordPress, and then I, I keep coming back to it because that's what I'm familiar with. Yep. So um, I've come back to that, even though I've always had Drupal, I've, I've wanted to try and just look into and stuff like that, but. Um, it is interesting because the the flip side of um, you know me saying oh, I like bespoke that kind of thing is there have been instances where you deploy something you're working with an open source framework and maybe you've either it's the designer who's forgotten to say oh by the way this is what a, um, uh, a validation message looks like or or this is what an active set looks like a button or something like that you. You go, oh, someone's already thought about that. And actually, you know, this... You've when, got that back, you've got that kind of support you've already. That, yeah. you know, you've got that base. And maybe, exactly. Maybe that takes less pressure off the developer. I don't know. Like, you know, oh, I forgot to do a 404 page. Oh, it doesn't matter because we use an open source framework. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like, there are swings and roundabouts to it. That is a very good point. I mean, that's one thing with Bootstrap, the idea that, you know, the alerts already styled up that look nice exactly. you've got the javascript and stuff and it, as you say like it's those little things where normally typically in a design you get from a designer they haven't included or you need yeah. to you know and, and because they're kind of well it's you know to do with the theme of the site and icon icon sets i find is another one you know where obviously yeah. you know like bootstrap provide you with all these icons but like you say it, it is nice to have like your own clean css without having the top bit just bit you know it's bootstrap if it's bootstrap do you know what i mean like yeah. and you know certain bits of it the traits of it so but yeah i think it's a good i think it's a good thing well personally because obviously i'm a developer so i think it's a good thing because it allows me to kind of use cool stuff in css without you know having to be a designer um but yeah. I can definitely understand, and, and I think it's probably it, it's the same thing, isn't it? Where a designer Absolutely. with Bootstrap feel probably the same way as we do with WordPress, where we now think we're designers because we can just like have a Bootstrap file. I mean, that's fine, and exactly. Then, and then with WordPress, it's like, well, now I do the back end. I think actually it's quite funny yeah. now. We actually probably got two of the same. I think you can get the same feeling from both parties. Where totally. if I if I say, oh, it's just Bootstrap in it, you know, and you say it's Web, I think you're going to get the same feeling. So I think maybe it's kind of a good thing for we both got the same hate for two different things that's um, it how about you fraser that's it uh i just want to say yeah because i guess we've we've all yeah can you can you hear me Am I, I can indeed yeah right perfect yeah because we've we've all worked on on cms systems together and, and and what have you and one of the comments that he made was he knows a bit of php and a bit of mysql but he doesn't know enough to to build a cms and i i, I don't think that's the case at all like if you know any PHP, and if you know any any uh, MySQL, then you've got the perfect footing to to start building a CMS because a CMS doesn't have to be WordPress. You don't have that's to redevelop really WordPress. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to redevelop whatever the other ones are that I can't quite think of on the top of my head at the moment. But it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, a CMS in in its completely basic elements is if you can write to a database, if you can read from a database, and if you can update a record in a database, 
you've got everything you need to be able to to, to start writing a CMS and to, to get a CMS. So if you want to build something simple that you can kind of give to a client just so they've got three pages or well, it doesn't matter how many pages because I guess you're gonna they can have as many as they want, but just so they can modify text or they can maybe not upload an image or, or whatever because that's that that's when things start getting a bit more complicated. But you've got the perfect you foundation to absolutely yeah. Yeah, um, and in terms of, do you need to use a custom CMS or do you need to use a an off the shelf CMS? Um, that all comes down to again to personal preference. Like if if you if you start making a, a CMS that you think is or that that ticks every box that you and your client needs, then absolutely use your own. Um, personally, I I use off the shelf CMSs. I use Silver Stripe as, as my main thing for my for my freelance work, just because it's 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 a fully comprehensive cms and it does everything that i need a cms to do and it's it's customizable to some degree um but it ticks every box i need and it i didn't have to spend ten thousand hours developing it like the the, the developers of, of silverstripe did so if i wanted something dead simple i could yeah happily knock something up in a day or a couple of days just to to fulfill a very basic need but yeah i kind of i, I tend to just reach for for something that's already been developed and and, and go from there yeah i i I completely agree with everything that you've just said, but, uh, I would say like if you're building CMS and you, it's working towards something that you're doing for like freelance and it's actual financial benefit to it. Just if you are going to build it yourself, just literally write down a paper, what it needs to do, not what all yep. the amazing yes, Michael. bells yeah. and whistles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's the trap I fell into, but just write down what it needs to do and stick to your plan and don't segue or else you will end up with stress and as much hair as I have. So, um, <laughs> don't. Just don't do it. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is, I know what you're talking about with the code bloat of uh, something yeah. else. But if you if you start building something yourself, <laughs> um, if you start building something yourself, you'll suddenly find actually it wasn't as bloated as what you thought it was, and actually you'll start thinking actually, yeah, now I need that f- functionality, and now I need that functionality. You'll start adding it all in again yourself anyway. So don't I mean, don't feel too learning. bad about I mean, the bloat. I, I've yeah. built a couple of CMSs. My last one was very working with you guys, um, and yeah, it's a great story. Well, thank you. Um, I don't say thank you. I don't know. You're probably just slating it, but thank you for slating it. Um, and the thing is, you realize, appreciate how much work it goes into making a, like a lot, you know, of CMS functionality, like the things we take for granted and I think users take for granted as well. Um, permissions and yeah, all those things that kind of out the box, obviously you you assume in WordPress and you assume in Joomla. And I think like you guys saying, write a spec of what you really need. Um, yeah. You can build in like stuff later on, you know, what does the client really need? And, and like Fraser was saying, you know, you know, building a CMS, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles at the first start. I mean, that's the great thing about this job. You know, you can bring it in and, you know, as long as the client's happy, you know, if it's freelance or if it's just your own personal stuff, as long as you're, ha- you know, happy at that time for that project, that's okay. You can always update it later. And, um, you know, it, there's only so many cool things you can do. And I think it is nice making your own framework uh well, sorry own cms because and framework we know cms in particular because you know it it really is kind of a staple of this is what my thought on this thing was you know this is what i wanted it to be this is what i felt feel it should be and this is the product that i want to sell and also it's great when a client comes to you and says something's broken well you can't blame wordpress on it and you can't blame you have to blame yourself which is great <laughs> because again it's I like would. well you know well yeah it's like damn wordpress i should have used you uh, no <laughs> but you know you, you know you can you then think well you hold your hands up it's like well okay it's my fault and you're gonna learn something out of it and instead of going through kind of like hell of looking at other people's code that's been you know years of construction so i i would recommend uh playing around with making your own one and and kind of working out and uh, as like phrase on you know 
and uh Mick, you know and and justin you know, on a per project basis working out what you want um really is what i feel probably the best solution yeah completely agree awesome um is that all our questions i think that's all our questions you know but i think it's been a good podcast i, I think, I think- Really appreciate people writing in. It's Absolutely, awesome. yeah. I think it's been really interesting. I think it's interesting takeaway of the Bootstrap versus uh, WordPress thing. I think that's kind of interesting. Obviously, when they merge, we should yeah. make Bootstrap WordPress. Yeah, but keep sending us the questions. Yeah, so I'd like to get some uh, relationship advice questions as well. Maybe we do one a week or something. That'd be a good relationship feature, advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could be like agony uncles. Yeah, yeah. I think we yeah. could nail that. Oh, <laughs> the three devs and a maybe the agony aren't special. It's great to have uh, our co-host, our co-founder, uh, Fraser, back. Yes. And, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, very good to, yeah. to chat chat That's shop awesome. with you because I've, I've not talked web dev for, for the last two months, so it's good to, well, you're getting the to get back into it. Getting the shakes, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, withdrawals, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as always, amazing to have Justin on the show. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. And um, hopefully we'll have you on again before, but if not, I hope everything goes well with the baby and... Uh, Thank and, you. Uh, and make sure that the baby listens to this. Yes. Soothing for babies. Oh, the baby. The baby will be on this. Don't you worry. Next podcast. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna have to really. No, that's the thing. Oh well, we're gonna have to. Well, Mickey, when your yeah. baby, obviously, you know, we've got the merchandise maybe coming. Yes. We're yeah, gonna have oh, yeah. to send off Justin. You know, a bit of merchandise yeah. as well. Can we talk nice. about merchandise yet? Uh, well, I suppose. What's this space? Well, actually, no. I suppose we yeah. can actually because by the yeah. time this 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 airs, yeah. like, yeah, we should have. T-shirts, t-shirts and stuff yeah. just if it works yeah. then yeah you know you can have a t-shirt but yes. oh dear but awesome. anyway listeners i guess that is so long and we'll see you yeah. next week cheers guys goodbye Bye. see ya you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com or follow us on twitter at the number three devs and a maybe